Hey guys, welcome to the Twelfth Station. I am with my friend, Mr. Bug Hall. Bug, how you doing, brother? Good. How y'all doing out there? And today we're actually honored to have with us uh, Mike from RTF. Mike, I've, I've followed a lot of his work, and uh, you know, frankly, I'm a fan. It's squared away, good guy, f- soon to be former Marine, uh, Mr. Mike. Um, thanks for joining us, man. I'm very glad to be here, and um, I'm glad to be one of, on one of the earlier startup episodes so that, you know, when you guys hit 100,000 subscribers, you can always say, like, I was there at the ground floor, you know? <laughs> well, I, uh, well, thanks for taking the time, and uh, let's, let's hope that works out. Uh, Mike, I got to ask, though, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit before the show, very interesting background uh, with your finance background. I have a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working on a project that's in its early stages. You're just kind of outlining it. You mind giving us an overview of it working? Because I, I think um, it ties in nicely to what Bug and I are doing here. Yeah, you know, I just feel like the world needs uh, a, a small book that's practical, uh, that answers a few questions. Um, and um, I, I initially thought that I would start writing it about economics, although I'm not trained in economics. But, you know, it's that's one of those fields where, you know, anyone can weigh in on because it's so squishy. And, um, and, and I, I started in the Catholic land movement. I was reading McNabb, um, you know, and, and Bellick and, and Chesterton. And, and then I realized that, um, it's that, that was, that that's just not a practical solution for right now for in, in mass for most people. And what the real problem is, is, is not the nature of the types of assets that people hold but it's the nature of money itself. And so then I started thinking about what is money. And um, and I sort of, I worked through that mental process a little bit, I think. And um, and then now I'm, I'm reflecting on, you know, um, my corporate finance um, career and my, um, you know, my financial training in, in graduate school and whatnot. And I realized that every single uh, underlying assumption about modern finance is wrong, um, morally wrong. And, um, and that presents a huge problem. And so I want to do something that takes the relevant uh, facts from Creature from Jekyll Island, which is a a wonderful, wonderful historical tome that that really helps people understand uh, banking and finance, um, and kind of merge that with with the Catholic land movement, you know, from the Scots from the, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, um, and a little bit of distributism, uh, but not, not, in a, not in a theoretical or academic way, but in a practical way. Um, and try to do that in about 150 pages or less. So that's my goal. <laughs> well, so, um, so Mike, let me ask you this, if I could. Um, would, you think it's, would you say it's a fair statement, because Bug and I um, have drilled down on this pretty far, that um, probably the Biggest problem that came from Jekyll Island, the Federal Reserve, was the ability to create money out of thin air. Is that is that fair enough? Thereby uh, causing inflationary forces and all those other things. It's a big deal, I believe. It's a big deal. Here, I I, I don't know what the worst part. It's 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 an unholy trifecta, is what it is. It's it's the the combination of fractional reserve banking and the ability to print money um, is exacerbated by. It, it it takes usury to the to its most absurd conclusion. You start if you start from the from the premise that the usury itself is wrong, and and we can define that, and and the church has defined that um, pretty solemnly for like fifteen hundred years. Yes. <laughs> um, then then you realize like it, it it it's like throwing you know gas on a fire. Um, the 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 inflationary power. Uh, and and the uh, of of the Federal Reserve, which which I'm sure you guys have covered, um, is yes. that is is um, it's neither federal nor is it a bank. So the Federal Reserve Bank isn't owned by the Feds, and it doesn't take deposits. It's not a it's not a true bank. Um, it's That's a, exactly right. A marketing yeah. scheme, <laughs> right? Right. It's neither federal because it's a private corporation. And uh, and they don't take deposits. So what exactly is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 the most brilliant marketing scheme. Uh, no, I mean I think I think the real problem is usury, and I, I I'm surprised by that. I'm as surprised by that as anybody. Have and and being someone who has done 
you know, billions of dollars of usurious transactions in my life. Sure. Uh, using debt uh, as a tool, as an instrument for corporate finance um, uh, and, and private equity. I, I now look back and I say, wow, you know, I, I never would have thought that that charging interest on money is the root cause of, of, of many of the problems. But um, in many ways, it is. I, I was wondering if I could take this opportunity because I, I think that first of all, that's, that's a real seminal statement. We, if we could go over that real quick and maybe Bug wants to jump in. Um, and here it is. Could you define it really simply just as a uh, just to re uh, just to rehash it usury? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just just versus uh, because it's so uh, intertwined with our culture that, uh, you know, we overlook it all the time. And just a real brief, broad definition. And maybe Bug has some thoughts. Yeah. I So I think <laughs> to, that is really that is really the key of, of what we need to discuss is, is how can we even define usury? Because it yes. has been so often redefined and misdefined. I think if most people heard the word usury, they would say, oh, charging a high interest rate. And then you say, well, what's a high interest rate? And then nobody can really define it. Like, for example, in the state of Idaho, uh, you know, the state defines usury as anything in excess of 400%. You know, so, okay, well, so so 279% interest rate is not is not usury, according to the state of Idaho, for example. So, <laughs> you know, um, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> usury, usury encompasses not just money, it encompasses goods. And so to really understand what it is, it's the idea that a sterile asset can reproduce. Ah. It, is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is giving uh, reproductive properties to something that is inorganic. Uh, so it's the idea that money can make money for money's sake, or it's the idea that goods can make money for money's sake as well. And that latter portion is so often so misunderstood uh, within the context of usury as well. When you go back and read uh, some of the earliest um, exhortations, um, magisterial exhortations against usury, um, Denzinger is a great place to go for that. You just go right to the index, you go to to usury, and there are a hundred references, and you just start in the beginning. Very often, you'll see the popes condemning um, the you know the reselling of wares of goods for a price that is higher than their actual price um and so and 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 that is encompassed in the early definitions of usury uh so so being a merchant and you 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 risk being uh a usurer and the reason why the risk of being a usurer was so grave is because for 1500 years the usurers were denied ecclesiastical burial they were buried alongside suicides outside of catholic seminaries no requiem masses. This was a very serious sin wow. to be a usurer in Christendom. Is this why, I think Bug informed me of this. Bug, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this why many courts had uh, usually someone who was Jewish who would handle those kinds of transactions? Is that is that correct or incorrect? Bug, did I hear that right? Um, later on, yeah. L- later on, you started to get um, what they referred to as the court, uh, the court Jew who... Um, would handle usury, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a it was really a capitulation of duty on the on the part of Christendom. Um, it was it was the the beginning of the decline, if you will. I see. Okay, yeah. Not to knock you off, Mike, but please continue. No, I, that's a, that's a good question, and that's actually one of the historical questions that people um, are confused about. For example, if you read uh, Michael Hoffman, he argues pretty strongly in his book "Usury: The Sin That Was and Now Isn't." Um, that, you know, he, he argues that it is not the Protestants who introduced usury into, into Christendom, that it was, that it was most certainly, um, the Catholics. I think others like Belloc have argued that it was, that it was an outgrowth of Protestantism. This is one of those historical questions that I don't exactly know the answer to, nor in a way, does it really matter to, to whether or not, um, you know, it, it is a sin because it, it, it most certainly is, uh, the historical question that is about about the nature of the sin, though, that I think is relevant to, to folks is uh, is is answered by Hoffman in terms of why did it change and when did it change? And, you know, it started to change with the Italian merchants, um, you know, in the 15 and 1600s. 
Is that and, the, is, forgive me? Is that the De Medici's? Were, were they part of that 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 movement? Because I understand they were kind of big in this. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair state. That's a fair assessment. Um, and you know, you started to see money centers uh, popping up. You, at at that point, you had already allowed uh, um, banking in general. You had allowed the Jews to uh, to operate banks and to charge interest. Because, you, you know, the Catholics just figured, OK, I can't do this because I won't get a burial. But what do I care if, if you know, my neighbor who's not Catholic does this? And so um, it became it became very closely linked to the Jewish uh, people um, uh, in terms of the minds of of, of everyone else. Uh, oh, if you you know, if you want to do finance transactions, you got to go to the Jews. And um, and so the money center started to consolidate its power. And and um, and then people, uh, smart people, started to say, "Why why are they getting rich and we're not? Why why are they able to weaponize um, usury against us and we're not able to use it ourselves?" And I I say weaponize. I want to read you a quick quote from um, actually from scripture. And well, it says that. Uh, the Jews were commanded to destroy Deuteronomy uh, seven twelve and usury. Uh, usury was as teeth given them and allowed by God to eat them up withal, charging interest on loans of money to Christians or for that matter to any neighbor turns the whole world into a population of strangers. Uh, this is from this is from Hoffman's book. So in other words, oh. usury usury was was con- solemnly condemned by by Almighty God. It's 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 divine law. It's, there's a, a divine prohibition against usury, charging interest on money, even 1% interest on money. God has pro, pro, uh, prohibited it. And, and he only temporarily allowed it. He gave it to the, to the Hebrews as a weapon system. It is an act of war to charge usury on people. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, how does one, and, and this, is, this is the real tough question, and Bug and I brushed upon this. How does one navigate the universe because our entire system is now firmly entrenched in usury. Yeah. I, and I think that's a fair statement, right? Oh yeah. We're, I mean, we're, we're living in the most usurious of times. Um, all of us engage in it. That's not to say that all of us are committing the sin uh, because the sin is committed by the person, by the lender, not the, not the person borrowing the money. So oh, if you yes, have a credit, if you have a credit card, um, and, and you need to use it, it doesn't mean that you're guilty of the sin of usury. Um, it might, it might mean that you're, that you're not prudent or that you're not disciplined or that you're not, you know, there's, there's, there may be something lacking in the fortitude area, but, but, um, but it doesn't mean that, that necessarily that there's a sin, um, you know, to get out, I, to get out of usury, the usury trap. I mean, maybe we save that for the last 20 minutes because I think, I think that's Great a whole point. that's a whole different discussion, but um, but I would love to I, I would love to just drill down into exactly what what it is, why it's so bad, and so um, and and how the and how as you said, the Federal Reserve and fractional um, fractional reserve lending has has made it so bad. Please go ahead. <clears throat> um, you know, look, we've already established that usury is uh, is a moral sin, and and it takes you to hell. Uh, the church has solemnly defined that for 1500 years. We need to understand that this is a divine precept. This is divine law. Um, and so God didn't, God doesn't want us to have a society in which we charge interest to each other. God wants us to have a society in which if, if I fall on hard times and I need a loan from bug and bug can lend me the money out of charity and justice, out of charity, he lends it to me out of justice. I pay the money back. And, but the, but the money itself lent doesn't in and of itself require, uh, you know, an appreciation. There doesn't need to be an accretion of, of the asset because money is merely a means of exchange. Sure. It's a, it's a sterile asset. It's, it's uh, money, uh, frankly speaking, should be gold coins and silver. It should be hard assets. It shouldn't be a fiat currency. It, it shouldn't, it certainly shouldn't be a digital currency. Um, but, but even, even though all peoples and all times and all places 
bug, uh, you know, you know, this, uh, have, have valued gold. It's, there's not really an intrinsic value to gold other than, you know, it's beauty, it's malleability and it's scarcity. It's just that it has always been accepted even, uh, and in scripturally too, as a means of exchange, as my ability to purchase my daily bread, my ability. And so that's, that's all it is. Yeah, it should be. So to get back to your earlier point, um, gold should be money. Yes, it is, is really. And, you know, that is scripturally based. It, it's arbitrary, but it's 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 solid. It, it, what, what I was going to say is that, you know, well, we know what it is. It can't mm-hmm. be inflated, et cetera. And so forth. there's a lot of moral imperatives that come with that. We actually did a whole show on the the, the wiseness of protecting your family's wealth with that. <laughs> Excuse me. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, when the when the three kings came to adore our uh, Lord at, uh, you know, at the epiphany, one of the things they brought with them was gold. And the legend is, is that the gold that was brought um, was a golden apple and, you know, which has incredible symbolism dating back to Adam and Eve in the fall, but that this apple was melded from the gold tributes from uh, the, the old empire of Alexander the Great. He would have accrued his gold from the tributes of all of his conquered lands and wow. so the 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 golden apple, which was given to our Lord at his birth by the three kings adoring him at the Epiphany, was gold, which was uh, melded together from all the empires of the world, symbolizing power and majesty over over all the world. Um, and so, you know, if if it's good enough for our Lord, I think it's good enough for for the United States. Um, <laughs> good point. That's really strong, and there are other references biblically as well. Oh yeah, no tons. I mean, you know, and and the apostle says that that the love of money is the root of all evil, and um and I mean that's a pretty strong statement. Yes, it um, is. You know, and I and I think that I think that the way to, I, I'm not I'm not trained in moral theology, but I think the way to rec- reconcile that to you know the idea that pride is is really the the first sin and 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 the root of all sin is that there is a there is a a deep connection to you know the love of money i.e usury and pride uh because it is it is the belief that your money is worth more than other people's money that your money should grow faster than other people's money that you deserve to accrue wealth beyond and 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 at an accelerated rate compared to your neighbor and that is i think what one of the underlying um uh assumptions in our in our global economy today and and what and what the united states exports to people through you know through the expansion of you know so-called uh democratic uh free societies sure. which is which is uh a society based on greed and so, you know, a lot of people, and you guys talked about this on your economic podcasts, you know, um, getting away from the sort of classical libertarian, um, you know, laissez-faire idea of living and getting back to an appreciation for, um, you know, the, uh, the common good and understanding what the common good actually is. And that's something that we have to define, you know, uh, up front and, 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 and help people understand because, in in a in a world where we care about the common good, where the three of us, you know, are neighbors, let's say, um, I I I cannot, in good conscience, accrue wealth beyond that which I need, while I see the two of you suffering, um, and it, and it, and it's reciprocal, yeah. and so and our Lord our, our Lord didn't want us to have a society in which, you know, the only thing that mattered was accruing wealth as quickly and as as uh, uh, in, in the highest magnitude that you can before you die. Um, and that being the measure of a life well lived. I mean, that's just not, that's just not uh, Christian. Well, you know, one, of, one of the things that really jumps out at me here is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about um, the attacks on masculinity in, in the culture. One of those attacks is, is simply removing men from reality. This, this, mm-hmm. this slow decline in our connection to the real world, right? Um, and it's really hitting hard right now, more than more than it ever really has with all my my thought on this. 
this economic system that we're in, right? This this idea of false money, this idea of money making money for money's sake, uh, it all it all contributes to that separation from reality. I I think you summed it up beautifully when you said that um, you know we we should live in a society where where we are using real money, right? Whatever that is, whether it's gold and silver and you know coins, it's it's tangible, it's real. What happens when you when you dump a whole bunch of money onto anyone, right? It they don't see it as real. They mm-hmm. it's the old it's oh, the old uh, um, lottery trick. It's the old lottery thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Got, How many of those guys work out well? They their lives get destroyed, right? And mm-hmm. our entire economic system is built on that in a way. It's kind of a sort yeah. of lottery in the sense that we're all just using fake money that. You know, we can hold the paper, but you have no idea what its backing is. It's built on a system of usury. Um, And men are taught from the time we're really young. I mean, I remember people constantly trying to teach me that the purpose of money is to invest it and to make your money make money. That never made sense to me, but it's just ingrained in all of us that that's its purpose. That's what it's Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And if Mm -hmm. you're not doing that with your money, you're you're a crazy man, right? Sure. Yeah. How, how many of us, this is, this would be an interesting question. I want, I want to pose to both of you guys, especially because, uh, you know, Mike, you're in structured finance you're, and I assume you're no stranger to the trappings of wealth bug. I know you're the same way. How many people do you know? Cause I know many of them whose lives are utterly destroyed by this and it becomes this nonstop treadmill of more, 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 more than they die. Yeah. Literally. No, I mean, and you know, I've had, I've had the opportunity to spend some, some good quality time with, you know, um, some of the wealthiest families in, in the country. Um, and, and I know plenty of people who are millionaires and, and even, and even beyond that. And these people are miserable. Yes. They're miserable. And, um, and, and very oftentimes they're the, they're the stingiest people that you've ever met. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's so ingrained in their nature because remember, Money is to make money. And mm-hmm. so there's no such thing as uh, mutually beneficial. There's only the, uh, the, the win-lose, zero-sum game scenario. So if you're getting money, that means that I'm losing, right. which yeah. is insane. Actually, the one good part of capitalism ought to be the, you know, the fact that we can actually, through innovation, technological innovation, and, uh, and, and other factors can actually, you can, in a way, grow wealth, which leads to deflation, which is another story. Which we, so, if we're going to go the gold standard, but that's another something discussion. really something really jumping out at me right now too is is so I've talked a lot about the the trappings of fame or the trappings of any vice, right? It's it's more and more and more. All of those are particular to one object, right? The the idea that the root of uh, uh, the 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 love of money is the root of all evil right. makes so much sense because it's suddenly attached to every object, right? Mm-hmm. That idea of more more more. That, that trapping of uh, you can't ever get enough is once you hit a certain point, uh, you're only going to raise the bar and, and want more with money. It's attached to every single object out there, whether whether your vice is I want more of this or I want more power or I want more anything. Consumption. Right, right, right. The, the mm-hmm. consumption, whereas any other vice is relegated down to its its own object. If it's fame, it's relegated down to just that. Right. Sure. Uh, or any other any other vice, that makes sense to me. It makes sense that as soon as you use money, as soon as you weaponize a monetary system, uh, everybody is trapped. Everybody is going to grow in whatever vice that is particular to them. Yeah, and 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 that is the point I think that uh, that folks need to hear, which <laughs> is that usury promotes uh, sins against the sixth and ninth commandment. You know, usury promotes all of the other evils that we see in the world because, of, as you said, Bug, uh, without using the M word materialism, it, it, it entraps people into the material world and it puts everyone on this, de- you know, this debt treadmill mm-hmm. where we are constantly struggling to, to, to make interest payments to someone who, uh, sure. you know, who, who owns it, who uh, if we miss one payment, owns our owns our assets. That, that's fine though, as long as it as long as it's not four hundred percent or more, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Now, and and here's here's the thing, and I, I'm taking I'm taking a very hard line on usury, but I want to bring in you know uh, E. Michael Jones's opinion on it as well, and others, and even you know like uh, some of the famous exorcist priests on on it. 
they 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 take a different approach to what what is usury because living in the world that we live in today where we do have you know fractional reserve lending which create creates an inflationary effect on all of our lives sure. the the printing of money quantitative easing um, the, the weaponization of usury by the Federal Reserve against all of us. So it, it creates this idea of, of you know, what a, we ha- it's normal to have an inflation rate of like three and a half percent. And and if you, you know, trained in finance, I know you know this, James, uh, well, pr- pretty much everybody knows this. You have your hurdle rate on an investment of at least beating the inflation rate, right? right. You have to grow your money faster than inflation. <laughs> otherwise, inflation eats it away. Yeah. And got that for a second, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so, you know, charging, if, if I'm going to lend bug money, let's say, you know, then, then E. Michael Jones would say, well, it's okay for me to charge him three and a half percent because otherwise if, you know, I'm losing because I'm living in an inflationary <laughs> environment. And so it, I could have taken that money. I could have bought land, productive assets, cattle, whatever that whose, whose value would grow at a, at a, at a, and beat the hurdle rate of, of, of inflation, but because the government is using usury to eat away my assets, then I have to pass that on to my neighbor and I have to charge him that amount to eat his assets away so that mine don't get eaten up. And so what the government is putting us into this moral bind. That's an interesting way to put that, man. Go ahead, please. Yeah. I mean, the, the government is making us strangers to each other. It's forcing us to treat each other like strangers, not like Christians. And, like and they're the ones holding the guns to our head and forcing us into these into these scenarios. And so now it becomes if I want to if I want to truly lend in a Christian manner, then it's an it's an even higher act of charity today for me to do it than it was before because I'm taking a loss. I'm not just going to be made whole. I'm taking a loss because my money will have been deflated once it comes back to me and I've charged zero interest. That's right. That, and, that's not, and that's not even taking on the, the, uh, the, the obvious credit risk if the guy can pay you back. Exactly. Which is real. I never, yeah, I got to tell you something. I never thought of it that way, Mike. That, that, that's amazing. Bug and I kicked around the idea of you know, um, irresponsible government spending as, as effectively a tax by causing inflation. Mm-hmm. But what, what, you, what you really have pointed out, and I think brilliantly, is... Not only is it a tax, it's destroying personal relationships and families, right? Yeah. It, it's like, so you have to view things this way or you're a fool, by the way. Yeah, you, you, that's you right. I, and you see, and, and you see siblings, you know, will lend money to each other and, and, you know, and, and that kind of goes into the, especially you see this when, when the father dies and then the assets get, you know, divided up amongst the family, which itself is a French revolutionary principle. Um, and then, you know, there's there's bickering and there's infighting. And then, you you know, you have to sell the assets to liquidate them, to split the money equally uh, amongst the children. And then there's always, you know, there's the executor and then there's the, you know, and then it can it can get ugly. Um, and you and- reminded me of something that's still French law to this day, I believe. Actually, if you've done any research with that, in the sense that there are definitive laws about uh, estates when they're gone, the children, the wife, the second wife, all this stuff. Did, did that? Is that where it came from, Micah? I wasn't aware. That's of that. a, yeah, it's a French. It's a it's an outgrowth of the French Revolution, which was an attack on the family. Because prior to that, you would you would have primogenitor, which is the the firstborn son would inherit everything, and he was raised in a certain way too. He would not only inherit all the assets of the family and the estate, but he would inherit the responsibilities and the duties of caring for his younger siblings and ensuring that they were educated and married well and sent into religious life. And so that's how the family would, would sustain itself and, and that the estates would, would pass on. Uh, the French revolution mandated that the estates would have to be divided equally amongst, uh, amongst siblings. But how do you divide a house equally? You know, like you get the floorboards and I get the, the head beams. No, you have to sell it. And so that was the idea. They wanted to break up the, the, the landed gentry uh, and they wanted to break up, you know, 16 generations of Catholics and turn brother against brother and sibling against sibling. And th- we inherited that in the United States. And so it's the norm now. And it, and that's what that's where government snuck in in the United States with the, you know, with the death tax. Um, you pay taxes your whole life to to Caesar, um, rendering to him much more than what is due to him. And then when you die, you got to give him half your stuff, too. Um, and the only way to make that payment is to liquidate. That's right. That, that, that's wow. That's a great point. I, I got to tell you, Mike um, and Bug, 
you guys, you guys frame this up really, really well. I think, I think the, the folks at home are pretty good at working out with your permission. Cause I think the next part is going to be very, very interesting. We're going to, uh, we're going to hit, that's the dive signal, Mike. You know, we have a lot of high tech effects around here and, uh, yeah, up there. uh, we have a lot of high tech effects. Can I and, go ahead? I'm sorry, Buck. Hit it, man. Yeah. Can I just jump in? Uh, now that we're jumping into solutions, I want to start with the very last thing that, uh, that Mike said, please, um, this idea of you know liquid having to liquidate your assets in order to d- divide it amongst your your uh, your kids, and how to circumvent the death tax because um, I've done a lot of a lot of research on this and I'm sure you have some really good ideas there. Um, let's start there and then let's get back into people's actual lives you know as they currently are. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, um, raising your children, uh, you know, they're not all equals. Um, and what we need to get back to is uh, having fam- heirs to the family, and um, this is how this is how nobility worked, and this is how peasantry worked. You had the heir, this, the firstborn son, usually. Uh, uh, although you could disinherit the, the firstborn son for any reasons, not just punitively, but you know, if he if he had a religious vocation, you would sometimes you would disinherit it. It, it depended on which country you you looked at, but. Uh, and some countries, uh, by the way, did did last born son. And for this particular reason, uh, they did last born son would would inherit all of the wealth so that there would be uh, less turnovers of the wealth. You know, so you would elongate and stretch it out, uh, uh, you know, to avoid, you know, the 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 risks involved in turning over the estate uh, and, and and rendering to Caesar. Uh, but but from a practical level, I think we need to prepare our children to take over our estates, and we and that uh, that principle alone can can do go a long way in restoring Christendom, because it gives families an identity. Yeah. It tells children who they are. Wow. It, it 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 teaches them that I am I am a hall, I am a mon, and the mon family lives in at this estate, and wow. this this will be our holding, and we, we things, will we do things this way. Yeah. And and that's how it's been done. And that's how we'll continue to do it. Yeah. I that just is powerful. I just uh, Sorry. I just did a whole lesson with my my kids on hierarchy, um, presenting the various types of hierarchies uh, and then and then drilled down on family and the idea that the family unit being a hierarchy, there will always be a head of the family. Right. Yeah. Um, and someday, and I <laughs> talked to them about this in the lesson, someday I will go. I will go to my eternal reward and there will be somebody to replace me. It will probably be your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as of now, we don't know what kids we're having or not having. And, you know, so but I said someday there will be somebody to take my place and they will continue to care for you and they will be charged with that solemn duty. Um so preparing your kids for that, I think, is just absolutely crucial. Yeah, it, and it prevents this. You know, one of the one of the things about America that we that we excel at is um, is destroying uh, anyone's uh, connection to not only connection to the land or to to where they live, their geographic location, because we, we we move at the drop of a hat. If we don't like our neighbors, we just move. We change states, whatever. Sure. Um, which is a novelty as well. And like, as you it. know, all mortgage-backed securities models are based upon that. Everyone moves every four or five years. That's yeah, right. It's built into the put. It's built into the cash flows. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. And um, and and we encourage that. You know. Um, uh, and, and the governments love it too, because every time you transact, it's a, it's a taxable event. So, um, you know, so every, everyone, everyone gets their, gets their cut, except the family, the family suffers. Uh, but, but not only do we excel at that, but in terms of I, I, the, the principle of identity, which is really what, what's under attack uh, today, the principle of identity, you know, you can't say a man is a man or a woman is a woman. So philosophically, the principle of identity is under attack, but within the context of the family, people have no, no connection to no fa- familial identity either. They don't think to themselves, I am a hall. I am, you know, you look very Celtic to me, Bug. I don't know. I suspect you're probably 100% if I had to guess. Um, <laughs> right. So, 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 so when your children, your children are going to know, I am, an, I, am, I am a Celtic blooded American. My heritage goes to Ireland and, and Scotland or whatever. We talk um, about, we talk about our people, uh, yeah. referring, oh, yes. referring to our heritage. Um, we, we refer to ourselves always as the hall barnets of the Holy cross. My, my children introduce themselves, uh, like that. Um, and they explain to people who we are as a people. 
um, because identity is crucial to this entire to to combating this entire model that's against us. Yeah, well, because what you see is you'll see uh, Mon. I I see Mon and I see, you know, Irish. Right. So, but, but let imagine, imagine a, a little redheaded Mon or a little redheaded O'Brien at 18 years old floating the Nile River trying to find himself. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the product of American life is I have to go out, I have to go on a journey and I have to find who I am. But in, in, in Christendom, we know who we are. We have the principle of identity locked up. We are, we are members of our family. Our family has a trade, the trade gets passed down. The estate gets passed down, and um, and the, and preservation of that is is so is so solemn that we used to do these things called family books, and in the family book you would have a letter written from each gener- from each head of the family to the next head of the family, and then you would ca- you would keep them all, and you would see in Christendom these beautiful family le- letters in which you would say you would hear something like. Uh, you know, my son, uh, what I what I'm giving to you are 11 generations of faithful Catholics on this particular plot of land with this particular trade. Woe to you if you despoil this inheritance. Woe to oh. you if you are not smart and frugal with what we are giving to you. And so it's the opposite of consumerism. It's the opposite of go out to the to the to the you know Far East and and test out Buddhism to see if that's what your identity is. It's you you know what your identity is, and you, and it's your duty to carry it on. And in fact, when a family died, uh, died out, let's say they were barren and the name died w- within a village, um, the church bells would ring out in mourning. It was a loss to the whole community, and it speaks to the um, the the common good. Um, and the loss of a family, the death of a family. Uh, so even, and that would, that would happen even if, if you had one son, let's say, and that son became a priest and the name died, the family was still effectively dead and it would be a, it would be a bittersweet morning event. Wow. Mike, are, are you going into these principles, uh, as you kind of construct your book? I want to, yeah, I want to, but it's hard to do in 150 pages. Yeah. I was wondering that. Cause I got to tell you something. This is really, you guys did a, you guys did. I can't speak for anyone listening, but you guys did me a solid. You guys really explained this really, really well. And I have, um, and I was hoping you guys could both talk about this. I've been to Bug's house, you know, and he explained to me sort of where he's trying to go. And, and it's a very interesting thing to be, to be there mm-hmm. as, you know, he's got his kids running around and, you know, and, and you kind of, and, and this is his vision. I, and I'm kind of listening to you, Mike, as well. And you just put into context for me something I hadn't thought about for a while. You know, I'm 100% Irish. And all of my family, to even make it to drill down further, all four of my grandparents from the west of Ireland, Mayo, Galway, that, that sort of area, very agrarian. Mm-hmm. I went back to see them with my father. And it was a very powerful trip. And what I found was so, so interesting, because this, this is the beginning of the modernism taking roots in Ireland. <clears throat> when I was having this feeling of uh, you know, severe attraction and attachment to this, right? They were apologizing that they weren't joining the modern world. And, and, and I ask you to fast forward and think of Ireland today. It's unrecognizable yeah. the country it was 50 years ago or how my grandparents would have recommended. They fully turned their back on this beautiful thing that they had mm-hmm. and, and, and they embraced modernism. But that's sort of a, I don't know if that's appropriate. I might have gone off base there. but No, but I mean, but, but it ties into the money center. Yes. And, and because the money power is what is driving the consolidation of people into cities, it is the it is the it is the driving force behind you know the learn to code, live in the pod, eat the bugs, stay social distance from people. It's the money power that is driving all of that because the money power wants uh, human drones. Yes, that's right. That that, that that's a human drones. Wow, is that is that, I've never heard that used before. That's very powerful. And all I could think about was my sister sent me a video of a of a of a uh, of an Australian policeman walking in and disrupting mass in Australia. Yeah. If you guys saw this on Twitter, yeah. making sure everyone had their mask on. He's just doing his job, Mike and Bug. You sure. know, he's the human drone. I'm just doing my job. Uh, <clears throat> wow, that's really really powerful. Could you guys? Um, because I'm, I'm personally really interested in this. So I think you guys are about to unleash on some real wisdom here. How does it look like in terms excuse me, what does it look like in terms of moving forward with this? And again, solution-based. Bug gave me a, 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 an introduction to this. I believe it not only uh, viable and sustainable, 
I, and in context, quite honestly, Mike, in context, the way you guys both framed this up and Mike, the way you did, I find this very, very compelling, you know? So, so moving forward, could you guys comment on that a little bit more about like, you know, I'll give, I'll give one really easy, practical thing that anyone can do, (laughs) no matter what their stage of life is, state of life, married, not married, um, you know, rich, poor, whatever, transacting cash, carry cash. As opposed to makes, it makes money real. And I, and, and one of I, one of you made that point about, you know, you know, money losing, losing your connection to the, to the reality as, as you know, optimistically we experience reality by our senses. Mm-hmm. And, but if you swipe a card, you're just another step removed from the reality of money. Now mm-hmm. is, is a $20 bill. If you hold a $20 bill in your hand, is it, is it actually, what, what is it worth? We, well, we don't know because you know, it's, it's fiat currency, but at least, you're you're one step less removed from the intrinsic value of of the of the thing, and so I I recommend you know people transacting cash. I think that's this is another way to avoid Big Brother as well and the social controls and and all and all of that. And and it's it's more anonymous, but but even more importantly, it connects all of us. My wife and I, when we first got married, we did the Dave, Dave Ramsey thing because we both brought you know kind of student debt and a car loan True. into marriage, and we're like, oh my goodness, you know, we're already underwater, and we're just twenty two. <laughs> um, and so we we you know we transacted in cash, we kept an envelope full of cash, and we and we and we divided it up into like, okay, this is our this is our gas money for the month, and this is our food money for the month, and this is our whatever for the month. And we tried to live inside that envelope, and if there was anything left over, we moved it to the back of the envelope of like, hey, here's our excess. Um, I think that that, uh, that's probably a very good practice that, that yeah, I, you don't necessarily have to do the envelope thing, but I think that, you know, getting away from just swiping the card, uh, will get us closer to, uh, the, 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 the value of money, even if the coins in our pocket aren't really, you know, um, gold or silver. I, I think it's a great idea, bug. I, I what do you got, man? I, I, any any comments? I think, on? I think that's brilliant. I think yeah, you know, too. The, the next step, because you know, our our goal as a family is to is to remove ourselves from that system. A, a huge part of us taking the vow of poverty, aside from the spiritual benefits and all that, is removing ourselves as much as possible from that system, from the whole egregious usurious mess of a system. Sure. Um, and I think Mike's point is brilliant because if you want to start taking those steps. Uh, you work through that, right? Then your next step is trading hard assets with people. Yeah. Right. Your next step is is sure. removing removing the fake money as the middleman, even, and taking the next step of I've got this. Uh, my crops just come in. What do you have? Right. I raise beef. You raise uh, uh, pigs. I love bacon. Uh, you know beginning that trading uh, back and forth. And, and by the way, you don't have to be live an agrarian life to do that. We all have extra stuff. Um, and people who learn to trade, I know a guy across the street from me, I was just talking with him. He, you know, he, he traded back and forth on Craigslist uh, with somebody and with, with people and ended up, ended up with something much more valuable in the long run than he had. A big part of that is because you're removing the fake money as the middleman. Because that actually eats away, sure, at the value of the real thing, and that includes that includes um, service uh, sort of contracts, right? In other words, I'll, I'll help you put on a an addition or whatever, you know, whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my, I know, I know a guy here I, where I, I live. Sorry, uh, I, 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 there's a guy here where I live who's who's excellent, excellent on uh, Thomistic theology. Uh, he's, he's, he spent a decade plus in, in monastery and, and, you know, now he's a family man and he trade, he, he, he trades, uh, labor for knowledge. So he allows like some of the young people in our area to come and build fences and, and, and help him take care of his animals. And in exchange for that, he teaches them theology, you know? Uh, so you can trade any, you can trade knowledge for, for, for labor as well. I mean, but, uh, developing a local economy is what bug said is the, is, is, Vital, vital to survivability for for the future coming the financial collapse, which uh, which I think is is an is um, all but certain. But uh, but even more so, it's 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 the Catholic way of of life. Um, we're not That's meant to key. go. 
we're not, yeah, we're not meant to shop online and be totally removed from, from, uh, from who, from whom we're buying. So some cheap made in China thing that's imported through some distributor that's selling on Amazon and then you pay Amazon and then it's shipped to you by the, by the government's, you know, uh, mail people. Which we're is fundamentally to- immoral. Bug talked about this too, with corporations, uh, no longer being entities and, and being uh, separate themselves. Now all of a sudden their only objective is the bottom line profitability, which leads to outsourcing of jobs, which leads to child labor. Now we're a part of, you guys are talking about a form of, I guess, subsidiarism. Is that, is that, would, would that be correct? That right? is. Subsidiary. <clears throat> we're a subsidiary and subsidiary. And, and you would, you would, you would work on that locally. I, I think it's brilliant. I also think it's doable. Mm-hmm. Like it is do it is doable. And, and you just do it, you know, it's, it's sort of like, uh, when you, when you become a prepper or if you, or like, if you, if you, if you're, doing what bug does you replace one thing at a time you know you start with okay i'm going to replace my lettuce i'm going to grow my lettuce that's all i'm going to focus on until i get good at it and i'm going to do like lettuce tomatoes and and pickles and you say and you say i'll still buy everything else at the grocery store i'll still you know i'll still live my normal life but i'm just going to replace those things you you if you can just take bite-sized chunks out of out of what you can replace what you can localize um, you know, I think, I think it starts a revolution. Mm-hmm. I think it starts a revolution in, in, inside, inside the home and inside the community, but it, but it ultimately will lead to a revolution in our country. Really interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and to your point, it, I, I still think this is, if you drill down on this and you understand the philosophy behind it and you're trying to be, you're trying to live a, a Catholic life, an authentic Catholic life. And Mike summed that up beautifully. That was uh, that was one yeah. of the most beautiful statements I've heard because, you know, and we talked a little bit about this a couple episodes ago, the being prepared for the worst case scenario, right? The 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 coming collapse or whatever. I I, I believe absolutely that that's coming, but you don't have to. That's the key. You don't yeah. even have to believe that yeah. in order to see the value in these principles because this actually is just the good Catholic way of living. That's it. That's yeah. that's the point of it. The point is, is we were better off. Uh, what I've found is that the, the more I've do- dove into this, you know, a, a agrarian and uh, a subsidiarity sort of lifestyle, and the relationships you form are completely different relationships. Wow, absolutely. You sure. start to form bonds with people because it goes back to that, uh, you know, moving every four years because you don't like your neighbor. I knew someone once that that left their parish. Um, you know, sort of a nominal Catholic left their parish because there was some woman in the choir that annoyed them by her singing. It would literally, they just gave up on their entire parish because there was, there was someone that was a little off in, in, in her singing, this little old lady, right. Um, where we have, we've begun to treat each other as expendable. Right. And the beauty of family is that the relationships are imminent. You don't get to just, uh, dismiss your relationship you have to work through them you have to fight to to get along when you can't when dispositions are wildly opposed right that's what that's what real relationships are and you start to form those kinds of relationships with other people their differences their um their personality traits that in the in the old days in the old days in the in the new days um we would just dismiss and go i don't really want to see that person and they do this one little thing that annoys me. I don't really, I don't really care for it. You, when you, you start, just when you start building these trading and and subsidiary lifestyles, you have to get along with everybody because yeah. you need that broader, um, that broader pool uh, to trade with and to and to spend time with and to to. It, it it becomes necessary. Community is necessary, and that's really manly too, because uh, it's it's effeminate to believe that you have a right to be free of annoyance, or you have a right to be free of some personal discomfort. Uh, the fact is, is that men, you know, men understand these. You know that you, you a true a real man knows that you you may be annoyed. And you just have to have, and that's where that's where fortitude comes in. You have to have patience, and and you know you work you work through it, like you said. Yeah. It's, it's a total, it's a total it's- effeminate social media modern thing where you say, "I'm just going to block you." You know, it's like I don't want to hear you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's brilliant. 
Actually, I, 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 can I, guys, can I ask you, I'm, I'm dying, I'm chomping at the bit to ask you this question. I'm listening to both of you guys and I'm going, is this why, is this why dogs and pets are exploding? You get the affection without any of right. the, right? I, I, I mean, that's, have, it's as simple as that. Uh, even if you, even if you don't, because they're not just a replacement for children in our culture today, they're a replacement for all relationships. Right. I, I'm not being facetious. I, I, yeah. I'm, going, no, no, you're, you're, I'm looking at the numbers going, right. hey, pets you're are unironically correct. Yeah. Right. And I'm kind mm -hmm. of going, this is, and you guys said it best, as opposed to the hard work involved in whether it be your relationship with your family, your brothers, or your friends, we just have a dog. And the dog gives unconditional love, presuming I feed him, stop feeding him, we'll see how long your love happens. But, but what I'm saying is, I'm wondering... Wow, I just I kind of it kind of hit me. I, yeah. Anyway, that's for no, you're right. People don't want to put the work into the relationships. I and <laughs> and so we we have a dog now. Uh, we haven't had a dog for years, so now I'm like part of the dog culture. Yeah, dogs and, are awesome, by the way, and they're great. They're great. Yeah. I have an Irish setter, and uh, I named him Finbar. Uh, Saint Finbar was the arch saintly Archbishop of Cork, Ireland, and um, that, so Finbar. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So I, I walk, I walk my, uh, my little redheaded stepchild Finbar, uh, on, on main street where I live. And I've, you know, I've got my, I got my trope of, you know, six kids behind me, but nobody cares about them. Everyone only wants to see the dog. Oh, a puppy. Oh my Have gosh. A puppy. I find that yeah. so offensive. It is. They're it is. It's, it's, but it's so incredible. And I live in a quaint little, you know, tobacco and whiskey town in, in Northwest Missouri, you know, like uh, historically was on the Missouri river and, you know, was built by Catholics. And, you know, my house was built in 1848. Uh, and I, and, and I walked down to main street and it's great. And, but, um, uh, I bug his bug has seen this main street. It's, it's so, it's so awesome. Um, and these people that these are not liberal. These are not these are not limousine liberals no. in New York, no, no, LA, no. Chicago. Solid guys. And yet they're they're infected with what you said. You know, James, they're like, oh, the puppy. I just have to see the dog. And they all want to pet the dog, and they all just like don't even see the children. Mm -hmm. I, 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 if if I see it one more time, we're you know literally people are paying with well, a puppy. There's an infant in a carriage, and I'm going, what's wrong with you folks? Yeah. This is the celebration, and I love dogs. You know, so I always kind of felt, yeah. You don't like dog or something wrong with you, but but the the disordered nature of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just going. There's there's a child here. One one human being, one human being is more uh, um, miraculous than all all of creation, right? Excepting the angels, excepting sold uh, uh, persons, right? Uh, there's there no no amount of dogs, mountains, oceans. Equal the the majesty and and what should be the dignity of one human person, right? Because we know that we are destined, uh, we are uh, made for uh, union with God, right? We're made for beatitude, um, and it is always baffling to me when people will will fawn over a puppy dog and newborn babies are an annoyance to them. Yeah, very. Yeah, I'm very. I, I guys, I. I think we're about that time. Would you agree? Are we? Uh, uh, we're getting close. Uh, Mike, are there any other solutions? Yeah, Mike, you want to jump well, in? I, I think I think the long-term thing that we need to work towards, and kind of like the bottom line of getting out of the usury trap, is is to is to become debt-free. Um, and the way to do that, of course, is to just live very simply, um, to be aware of 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 expenditures, and to work towards that. Um, it's 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 not attainable in places like Chicago or Seattle, you know, where, 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 a, just a normal three bedroom house costs you $2 million. Um, you'll never be debt free in that situation. Um, so you cool. may, uh, you may have to relocate to somewhere that is, that is, you know, more affordable to live, but, you know, and, and I'm not endorsing Ramsey because, you know, Ramsey's a Protestant and he doesn't understand a lot, but, but his, his method of getting out of debt is, is certainly, workable for people yeah. and and it's the best one i think that's out there right now um and he's the only one who really does advocate advocate being debt free i've now, always i mean i've always despised his principles yeah but his methodology to his his means to attain what he what he believes in his the means are are just spot on yeah now i mean it is it is certainly true that uh and uh that that debt is a good defensive mechanism against inflation 
And so, you know, from a practical point of view, when you, uh, you know, when we look at it, we say we're, we're in an, we're in an inflationary environment right now. We're probably headed to hyperinflation at some point in our it'll lives. The dead. It'll, it'll, you know, they'll yeah. you'll inflate your way out of it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, so slap a mortgage on the house and, and, and put the cash, you know, put the cash into gold. And then, you know, when, when a wheelbarrow full of money buys a, a, a loaf of bread, suddenly your mortgage isn't that expensive. Um, so I, I understand the, 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 like the, the financial wizardry of why you would want to have debt to protect you against inflation. But what I'm proposing is actually that we just, that we accept the circumstances of the, of our fallen society and that we say to ourselves, the, the hyperinflation may come and it may come for us all, but my protection against hyperinflation isn't going to be participating in usury my protection against hyperinflation is going to be participating in productive assets, land that has bounty to it, uh, livestock, um, you know, real estate, uh, you know, even as rentals. Sure. Um, though that's that's I think if we start placing our wealth in into those types of buckets, or you know, or even. Um, Real, real assets like uh, gold and silver. Yeah, like physical gold. There actually, there are sponsor. Bug and I talk about this a lot, and we're not setting up for that reason. But there's a lot of value to that to actually own precious metal, silver and gold. There's a lot of yeah. truth to that. But go ahead. There, there's yeah, there's I think an asset too that uh, inflation can never, never erode, and that is you know coming back around to the the main point of the show. That is virtue and character, right? right? At the end of the day, and 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 this is this is the hard truth. At the end of the day. Uh, we are not in control of our lives, right? We are to a certain degree. We have a duty to do uh, our best at all things. But, you know, the, the gulags might come. I mean, it, it, there is no telling what might come for us. Sure. If you're a man of virtue and character, if you have if you have chosen to prepare yourself for suffering by embracing what, suf- what little sufferings you have now, right? Preparing for that, you'll make it. Wow. You'll find a way. That's the character. It's like education, right? The purpose of education is the growth of the soul. It's not one more widget um, meant to be a useful thing for some career down the line. The purpose of education is to grow the soul. You use it in all kinds of ways that you can never foresee. When you're a virtuous man, you will find a way. Participating in the system is not the solution uh, Mm -hmm. because you're afraid of that suffering that might come, right? Yeah, and and a lot of for a lot of people too. Just very quickly, um, it, it it it's either the the it's either the fear of suffering or the fear of missing out on something that someone else is doing. And all of us, all of us have a friend who did really well in Bitcoin. All of us have a friend who's sure. done really well on some Great penny example. stock uh, or or whatever. <laughs> it is. And so then you say to yourself, "Well, if I'm not invested in the market, then I'm going to miss out on the wave too." Or if I'm not in Bitcoin, then all my friends are going to get rich, and I'm, and then, and then they'll laugh at me. I think that's a very real driving fear, and it's effeminate. Uh, and 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 we have to detach from from that because because, like you said, Bug, it, it, you, you can't solve one sin with another sin. You can't solve one defect right. with another defect. So you can't say to yourself. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to live a virtuous life by by just participating in the system a little bit smarter or a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's it's we have to we have to we have to burn the system down, and the, and it starts with it starts with pulling out of the system one by one, waking up like Neo, waking up, pulling pulling it out of the back of your head, and and the more of us that wake up to the to the real reality of of Christian economics. Um, it, it it'll start and 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 there will be a Lehman like event of all of us waking up and and that'll be that'll be that. That's a really great point. And the the other part of it too is that can be done non drastically, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of and I loved what you said about well start with using money to understand that there is an actual at least there is an actual exchange associated with with the act of spending it. So you understand. So it's not just a a digital footprint that you swipe. And then, um, and, and to your point, um, I, I, I think something like this can be done incrementally and, and, and start with, uh, you know, understanding, you know, as men, what we're supposed to do, and that's provide and protect. And if you don't grasp this, 
I just leave you with one thought. The Fed has an unlimited balance sheet. Mike, I ask you, what does that mean? I mean, that is the most terrifying words I've ever heard in my life. I still haven't wrapped my head around it. That means they have unlimited ability to print money, to destroy lives. Uh, you know, modern monetary theory. Good luck with that. So uh, we'll, uh, I, I got to tell you, I really have enjoyed this. And I'll leave you guys with one thought, just as a side note, uh, Mike, to your dog, Finbar, right? There was uh, just a side note, and I'll put the uh, I'll put a uh, attachment to the show notes on this. For years, I mean, I want to say 25, 30 years, in the New York City Police Department, in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, there was a leader of the bagpipe man, uh, bagpipe band, uh, Sergeant Finbar Devine, right? And he was about six foot five, and he led the parade, and he had one of those hats on, and I don't even know what that stick you call it, and it became like an iconic figure. And and I was just going to say, and he was the only Finbar I ever knew except your dog. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I'm not insulting the saint by by naming my dog after him, but but we we, we ask for Saint Finbar's intercession now every night. So. <laughs> I got I got to give it to you. I think that's a great name for a dog. And thanks for reminding me of that story. I'll put it in the show notes, fellas. So on, uh, I'll tell you, the guy was six five. He was he he was just like bigger than life. And here he comes down Fifth Avenue, like in just with the, you know, whatever that stick is. And I had to meet him about seven feet tall. So, oh all right, guys. Well, anyway, uh, really enjoyed this uh, very much. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. And yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You guys, the interchange between you guys was awesome. And we will, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, this is Jim Maughan, Bug Hall, and Mike from uh, RFT. And until uh, next time, guys, leave it, Chris, right? Pray much and suffer well. You bet. See you guys.